This is Parker Millsap, and you're listening to The Barn. I'm gonna take it to my house on the street. So long back, train going clickety clean. I'm begging like service, I'm begging like this, I'm begging. And welcome to the barn live from the barn studio. We have a special guest joining us online right now. We have Mr. Parker Millsap. Parker, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. We're excited you're coming into town this weekend, Friday, June 2nd at Off Broadway in St. Louis, Missouri. Doors 7, show at 8. We can't wait to have you back in town at Off Broadway. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, man. It seems like it's going to be a busy summer for you. Uh, it, we're going to try to make it that way. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going all over the place. I have to tell you, I was reading your uh, one sheet that your publicist sent over and uh, saw the quote from Elton John, which is just crazy, by the way. <laughs> I guess Elton John saw you and Sarah and he said it's one of the best concerts he's ever seen. And he even said it restored his faith in music. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so the, the story that I heard, and I, I'm not sure all of the exact details, but the story that I heard is that Roseanne Cash uh, somehow had heard of my music and was a fan. And she went to a party somewhere where everybody brought records to listen to. And um, she played one of my records and uh, Elton happened to be at this party. And uh, I guess he really liked it. And uh, not too long after his, his people reached out to my people basically. And, uh, and you know let us know that he was a fan um and then i ended up get to go getting to go like play a show with him i got to go see his show in vegas um yeah pretty pretty crazy and then he uh he came to our show in atlanta yeah kind of surreal <laughs> i would imagine so and when you're getting ready to perform and you know elton john's in the crowd somewhere right <laughs> uh does that change things uh, you know, I just tried to do my best <laughs> like I do every night, but I was definitely aware that he was <laughs> right there. <laughs> That's amazing. I will say this, you know, and I, I'm, I haven't been around as long as Elton not have, I haven't been to as many concerts and shows, but I will say I've been to a lot and you playing at knuckleheads in Kansas city. I want to say maybe like five years ago or so was one of yeah. the best concert experiences I've ever had in my life. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was like just the perfect night, perfect weather. And I, I know you played Knuckleheads. You're even playing it this weekend. But you know how there's a train that literally will drive, you know, right by as you're performing and you like acknowledge the train. It was just such a great night and such a great performance. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love, I love playing Knuckleheads. The train, the train scares me every time. I always <laughs> know it's coming, but it still gets me. Yeah. Real excited about this new album as well, Wilderness Within You. Seems a little bit of uh, maybe a different album or a different style for you. Uh, how has your style and your um, your music changed over the years? Hmm. Um, sometimes it's hard to hard to tell how it's changed. You know, because for, for me, it's all been all been real slow. Um, 
but I think with this record, I wrote more more material than I had ever written before uh, to try and sort through for this record. So um, I think I just had a lot a lot more to choose from and a lot more to try to squeeze in on this record. You know, this the the big ref the big difference for this record with regards to like how it was recorded and stuff is that I didn't really do a lot of rehearsal with a band before going in all my previous records i've um done quite a bit of rehearsing with a band and then go in and try to cut as much of it live as i can with the band that we've rehearsed with so we all know exactly what we're going to be doing when we get in there but on this record i didn't want to do that (laughs) i didn't want to do so much pre-planning i just wanted to go in and have some good musicians and uh let everybody, you know, trust their instincts and, and be creative. And so we did that. You know, I did a lot of pre-production with the producer, Ryan, picking out the songs and things like that. And, you know, even like picking keys and general tempos and stuff. But we did no rehearsals with the band. Um, and then we booked studio time and booked booked the guys and then just showed up and played them the first demo and said, OK, let's go do it. <laughs> um, so it was a very different recording experience for me because I didn't really know exactly how it was going to go before we got in there. Um, and it ended up working really well. You know, there are certain songs where we had to chase it around for a few days to find out how it wanted to go. But we ended up with something that I think is uh, really unique and, and really of the moment. You know, uh, to me, the record feels like it's it's happening in the moment. It doesn't feel overthought. It doesn't feel um, constructed. You know, it feels like people playing music. To me, it sounds like a very introspective record. Is this mm-hmm. is this a heavy record? Heavy in the uh, heavy in the sense of the content and the lyrics and the themes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've um, like all of us the past few years, I've been uh, learning about a lot of big things. <laughs> um, I feel like we've all been kind of uh, forced to try to educate ourselves on what's going on in the world, and um, you know, some of the things. I think that the things that I find overwhelming are the things that I tend to write about because I'm trying to figure out how to how to process it, how to figure out my relationship to it. You know, so this record has a lot to do with, you know, that climate change is a word, ecosystem collapse is a word. Um, yeah, there's a lot a lot to do with that. Uh, industrialism, you know, these are all things that I was kind of born into as they're happening, um, but it takes some time to realize what's going on. Uh, and so I've just, yeah, started to learn more and try to figure out my, my place in it all. You know, how do I, how do I help work toward a better future? Can I quote you real quick? Please. (laughs) You say, or at least I think you say a lot of the songs are based on questions I have about the way our systems work, who they benefit and why in a way I don't think that I've questioned before on the album. I'm being really honest about what's important to me and what has been on my mind the past few years, the price of progress the interconnectedness of life, all gratitude, wisdom, you know, no biggie. Um, <laughs> is this an important time coming out of what we have in the past few years? Is this an mm-hmm. important, is this one of the most important times for art and music and expression? I think so. <laughs> and I say that not to say that like what I do and my record is super important, but I think it's important that we start to try to envision new ways, new systems, new, um, new, better ways. You know, a a lot of times we are kind of told this narrative that all the technology of our modern age is making our lives better by making it easier. But um, I think that our lives are better when they're more, you know, connected to each other. And when we 
learn to rely on each other and then fulfill each other's, you know, expectations of each other. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of things that I'm being very vague here. <laughs> there are a lot of things, there are a lot of things we can do better. Um, you know, for me, particularly with regards to protecting ecosystems that already exist, we've already, we've already torn down so many forests to build Walmarts. Maybe we can stop doing that, you know? Um, and then, you know, things like food security, there are a lot of hungry people in the United States and we grow more food than has ever existed before. How does, how does that compute? You know, how do we, how do we get the things that we know how to make to the people who need them without, you know, putting money between us and everybody else? One of the things that stands out with that quote for me is you talk about the price of progress. Yeah. Can I ask you a pretty direct question about that? Yes, please. What are your thoughts about the current AI chat GPT and kind of where you think maybe this is headed or where we're at now? Yeah. I kind of think it depends on the context you're talking about. You know, I think if we use things like AI and chat GPT to learn ways to make people's lives (laughs) actually better, (laughs) I think that'd be good. Um, I haven't seen any uses of it so far that, that seem to be pointing in that direction to me. To me, most of it seems to be about, consolidating more wealth for big corporations who can employ these giant algorithms to do their work instead of people. You know, with respect to art in particular, I think that, you know, the point of art is that a human made it. (laughs) And, and when it, and when it's just a, you know, an amalgamation of a bunch of things that are, that could be maybe human esque, that doesn't do much for me. Um, And, and, you know, from a, I guess, philosophical, spiritual standpoint, it kind of undermines the point of art in the first place, which is to reach out and connect with each other and show you, look, this is who I am. And I don't really know who AI is showing me who they are. (laughs) Um, So with respect to art, it just doesn't really interest me. I think that there are surely, you know, tools that can be used to foster expression, but I just don't necessarily think that telling the computer hey what if it was like a blink 182 song but it was frank sinatra singing it like that's not art to me you know what i mean like that's fun cool um but really my my concern is that big companies will start firing their artists (laughs) that way they can just generate content and stuff for free with ai and you know to the detriment of the artists and not only their lives, but their skills and their output and the things that they could further inspire, you know. Is that sort of what you're touching on, or at least one of the aspects when you talk about the price of progress? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I could I could go for about six hours <laughs> <laughs> on this topic, but um but I think that, you know, the, to to keep it to keep it simple, um the I guess the example that I can use is like if you've ever if you've ever grown a tomato and eaten it, you know how much better that tomato tastes when you've grown it yourself, when you went out and checked on it every day, when you watered it every day. That that tomato means a lot more to you. And honestly, especially with our current food production system, it's probably way more nutritious than the tomato you're buying at the store. Even if you grow it in your not so great front yard soil, you're you're picking it when it's ripe, not you know, way beforehand and then ripening it 
with chemicals. Um, so when I, when I think about the price of progress, I think about those kinds of things, you know, being um, disconnected from our own source of being, you know, our own source of food and water and, and meaning, but also disconnected from our own well-being. You know, like growing, <laughs> growing food is very rewarding in a way that, um, you know, buying a can of soda pop isn't. Uh, and I think when we, you know, when we just let everybody else do our work for us, we miss out on a lot of the, um, I don't know, the inherent joy of having a relationship with our planet and our own sustenance. This is kind of a, you know, not great metaphor, but what you're talking about sort of reminds me of the thing you hear with people winning the lottery that like within so many years, they are flat broke or you know, even worse off than they were before when they won the lottery. And I think it's because yeah. what you're talking about is there's no value there. You know, money's money, but it's not something you worked hard for. It's not something you acquired on your own. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, you know, in a lot of ways we've, uh, I mean, if you want to think of it like this, we've won the lottery as far as the time and place <laughs> we're born, you know, <laughs> we're born into, into a time and place of, of um, that where, where, you know, things can be pretty easy for us <laughs> in a lot of ways um, that they didn't used to be. There's definitely elements of that on this record of just being, you know, grateful for the things that we do have. Um, and I know that seems to be a theme that runs throughout it. Yeah, definitely. The more I'm, uh, the more I experience the world, the more I realize like how lucky I am um, in a lot of ways. And I don't, don't mean just because like I'm a white guy with the, you know, <laughs> Uh, a career in the arts. I just mean like the fact that anything exists in the first place is pretty astonishing. Um, you know, as far as we know, we, we, we've been searching for a while now, it seems like, and there's, we don't know of any other life out there, y'all. This is the one, this is the one place we know that, that there is life. Um, that's crazy. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to be besides grateful for that. Yeah, you kind of always see that video where, you know, it's like zoomed in to your town or something, and then it zooms mm-hmm. out to your state and then your nation and then your planet and then, you know, keeps going and sort of a reminder of how small we actually are in this bigger thing, whatever that is and whatever your beliefs are, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's it's amazing every time. It's, um yeah, it's a great reminder that we're all in the same boat. Yeah, we're getting real deep here. Let's change gears. Uh, <laughs> you know, talking about the the music industry, you've been a professional music musician for many years. How have how have you seen it change throughout the years, and what do you think of its current state? You know, the the main thing that I've noticed, especially in the past few years, um, like particularly since um, 2020, uh, is that everything has been kind of driven online. Um, you know, like a lot of the media outlets that would normally cover music and stuff have started to cover way less music. And like a lot of the late night shows that would normally have musical guests throughout the year now only do it like once a week, maybe, you know, things like that. So a lot of the, the promotional systems that existed before have now been like moved to social media and stuff like that. Um, so that's definitely different. Um, and also I think, but, you know, at the same time, streaming has really become like a major driver, uh, you know, like enough people use it now that 
uh, you know, if you, if you work hard and people are streaming, you can actually like, uh, make a living on streaming. And I, I know that's not the case for everybody. Again, I'm very fortunate to have like the, the label situation that I do. And also that I have great fans who stream my stuff. Um, but that's, that's been interesting that as, you know, CD sales and stuff like that have slowed down, um, streaming has really like come to, to meet some of that in a way, you know? Um, so I, for better or worse, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just <laughs> definitely different now. Can we talk about a few? You know, and, and like, and for, as a consumer, frankly, I, I think that streaming is great. You know, I've st- I've discovered a ton of really good music um, from streaming platforms and the algorithm, like figuring me out and feeding me stuff. You know, that I probably wouldn't have discovered otherwise. Yeah, but you know, like, like we were talking about the price of progress earlier. You know, used to you'd go down to the guy at the record store and he was your algorithm. <laughs> right, right. Would you say you kind of benefited from like the Spotify playlist? Because correct me if I'm wrong, didn't um, Hades Pleads, didn't it end up on some playlist that sort of forced it, not forced it, but gave it a bigger audience? Oh, absolutely. That's like, um, I'm, I've got songs out there right now that are on Spotify playlist from my new record that are uh, that are bringing new people to the table. Um, that's Yeah, that's one of the, one of the upsides of, of the whole thing is that, you know, if people are into things that are adjacent to what you do, it's very easy for them to find what you do. Um, and yeah, like the playlist thing can be a, a huge driver. Um, they, you know, they're, they're really good at putting together playlists that people like and they listen to those playlists. <laughs> Which by the way, over 10 million Spotify streams. Here we got this here. Great song right there. <laughs> Great album too. But let's talk about a few of the new ones, uh, specifically so far apart in the music video. So yeah. this wave of light that kind of is all throughout the video, I kind of liken it to like the Pulp Fiction briefcase. You don't really know what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you open it up and you see the light. Can you can you tell us about the music video? Yeah. Um, you know, I... Uh, been involved to varying degrees with my music videos over over my career and i've kind of figured out that i'm not great at that <laughs> um the things that i've you know like where i've been in the music video i look back and i'm like uh, i'm not much of an actor um and then things where it's my idea conceptually i look back and i'm like uh, maybe could have had a better concept so for for all the stuff for this record i um got uh this guy named austin lee to help me out. Um, and the, the video, the shooting, all of that is his concept. Um, but you know, loosely the concept is, um, you know, for, I'm sure for everybody, the light will represent something different. I'm sure Austin would give you a different answer than I will. Um, but for me, it's, it's that, that human connection, you know, um, that's the thing that we all want that we, we go all over and do all our crazy things we do. Um, it's cause we want to connect with people. We want to feel um, whole and and belong, you know. Super neat concept. Do you think, uh, you know, you talk about kind of like stepping aside and letting somebody else come up with the concept and video. Do you think that's part of your success is like knowing when to tap yourself out and let somebody else, you know, maybe not take charge, but be involved? Yeah, I've, I've just, you know, it, it gradually learned like I, I've spent I spend so much of my time thinking about music and songs and 
that (laughs) and you know the visual the visual part of your brain is a different thing that's a different skill um and especially when it comes to like video and photography there's there are things that you think well you just point the point it at the person and hit record how hard could it be but um (laughs) the more i learn about that stuff i'm always like oh no that's there's a reason it's its own whole path um and i yeah i recognize that that's not necessarily what i'm good at i'm much better at playing guitar and singing than, <laughs> than doing music video stuff. So, so, uh, when it, you know, and, and you, you gotta have, you gotta have content. So I'm gonna let somebody who really knows about that do it. <laughs> Speaking of playing guitar and singing songs, we, we have to talk about the title track and specifically yeah. your guest appearance on that. What was it like working with Gillian and, uh, and that song in particular? Uh, I mean, it was a, it was a dream come true. Um, I have been a Gillian fan since the O Brother movies, <laughs> yeah. or since the O Brother where Art That Movie came out. Um, my dad was obsessed. We watched it like once a month <laughs> when I was growing up and we had the soundtrack and all that. So that's where I was first introduced to Gillian. And, um, then, you know, l- later on, I think I was in high school when I got the, time the revelator record and it's just like what is this otherworldly but very earthly music you know yeah um so when i wrote the song i took it in to the producer and played it and he was like great uh i think we should do it kind of like that you know just you and an acoustic guitar and i was like cool i feel good about that and he said what about some harmonies um I was like yeah we should get we should get a lady to sing on this and um gillian was the first name that came up he was like okay well let's make a list you know i said well let's start with gillian welch and if we can't get (laughs) gillian then we'll move on but um you know uh my former manager who's now retired um he worked with gillian for a long time um and so i reached out to him and was like hey norm can you help us out can i get gillian's number and he's like well you can't have gillian's number but i'll (laughs) but i'll reach out to her and see if she's interested um so yeah, he reached out for us and she was into it. So uh, a couple of weeks later we got together and, and did the thing. Um, she came to the studio and, you know, we played through it maybe two times without the mics on. And then we turned on the mics and I think we did like six or seven takes and just picked the best one. But, you know, we did it, no headphones, none of that. We just stood there and sang it. <laughs> it was really nice. That's um, It's always nice when you get to, approach a recording like that where you just do it once or do it enough times to get a good take <laughs> and then not mess with it too much after the fact that's amazing we can't wait to catch you when you come into town friday june 2nd at off broadway in st louis missouri doors are at seven shows at eight and everybody can go get your album available everywhere uh wilderness within you parker Millsap. we appreciate your time today man yeah thank you so much for having me There's a wilderness within you It's been there since the start There's an oak tree tall and mighty There's a sparrow small and frail That old creek's always winding Down a million rabbit trails 
molehill like a mountain In the mountain there's a cave Brand new mama shouted All the wolves haul off her bay There's a wilderness within you A cold reef inside your soul There's a wilderness within you And it's out of your control there's a hill that's ever rolling There's a sea that's never still There's a story still unfolding And I wish it always would